0: Welcome to Inland Sessions, the podcast. I'm Zanna Morrow, and today we have Ben Rose from Who Do You Do with us today? And I'm really excited that you're here with us today, Ben.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: So I kind of want to get started just talking about how was music in your household? What was the environment of music that you grew up with?
1: Uh, Everybody, my mom and my dad were both big into music. We listened to music all the time. I grew up in an old farmhouse, where some of the rooms didn't have doors and mine was right next to the living room. So I was going to listen to music whether I wanted to or not. But it was all kinds of, it was jazz and blues, uh, rock, classical, like everything.
0: And so, if they weren't playing it, they were literally playing it on the radio or on a record player.
1: Yeah, most of the time, the stereo. I got to go to concerts because you know they didn't want a babysitter either. <laughs> I remember going to the Black Crows with them when I was eleven or twelve.
0: What was that like for you going to these kind of live music events? Did it change the way you thought about music, or does it just did you just roll with it?
1: I just was rolling with it at the time. It wasn't until probably. 16 or 17, I was really really into it. I always like listened to guitar music specifically. Uh, I loved Hendrix and Zeppelin and Van Halen, like classic rock guys with guitars. And so I got my first guitar for Christmas at 16 and then I was really terrible for six months. My mom asked me to play it and I was like, I'm not good I don't want to, <laughs> and so the uh, summer came along, and she said, we'll get you some lessons, and if you don't like it after a professional tries to teach you something, you don't have to do it anymore, and my first lesson was amazing. I was like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing, because I can totally do this, yeah.
0: Can you tell me more about that first lesson and what woke you up to being able to play music for the first time? Well,
1: it was uh, the first one was pretty much just technical stuff where you look at chord sheets when you're not a musician and they're just abstracts. Like, how am I ever supposed to move my fingers in this way? And I remember very specifically, because it's as a teacher, it's the very first two chords that I teach. One is called E minor, and you have two fingers like this, and the next one is called G, and this finger stays down. And as soon as uh guy's name was Brett Maltby in Kansas, he's like, no, keep this finger down. I was like, oh, I can keep one finger down and move. I was like, was I supposed to be doing this this whole time?
0: So learning kind of that basic fingering technique.
1: Yeah, and it was just... Uh, being able to put it into time immediately. And he was like, well, if you can do this and you can switch, try to not have any break in between where you're switching chords. And so it was just like little, little building blocks Mm -hmm. that, you know, I didn't think about.
0: So tell me about what was the progression from learning to play music and then deciding that you wanted to write music?
1: Writing music is still probably the toughest thing for me personally. I like a lot of styles. I studied a lot of styles. Uh, I'm kind of known around the area for my versatility. I played with 14 groups last year. Wow. So it was like, when do I have time to do what I would want to do when I need to learn 30 songs for next week? But it's a skill that I'm discovering, it's like everything else, if you practice it, you get better at doing it. Like a lot of the um, stuff that I write currently, I'm working on just like my own instrumental type music. It comes so much faster if you devote time to doing it. Yeah, shocker, right? (laughs) But uh, like I'm getting complete songs done in a 10th of the time that it used to take and like old song ideas I'm bringing back, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually something now."
0: I know what I can do with this. Uh, Yeah, uh maybe we'll go this way. Since you were talking about um, what your composing process is like right now, Uh perhaps we could slide out right now, and you'd be able to play us a little something. What got you started with really playing around with the guitar as an instrument and really discovering what you can do with it?
1: Uh, Do you mean like how I kind of like started being Ben Rose on guitar? Rather than doing like cover stuff?
0: That's a much better way (laughs) to pose that question. Well,
1: it's funny because that's like the big thing that I've been thinking about the last couple years. It's like all my favorite teachers from... Musicians Institute is where I went in Hollywood. You would say that they were voices, you know, not necessarily. You wouldn't want to hear one of them play country music. You wouldn't want to hear one of them play classical. But if you wanted to hear Teacher X be Teacher X, no one was going to be Teacher X like Teacher X. And so I'm like, well, you know, in the middle of playing country one week and playing, uh, blues the next week. And I was like, what do I even, what do I sound like? So it's a it's a lot of uh, just figuring out what I sound like.
0: So it's a bit of a philosophical question. It,
1: more or less. I mean, it's not like a technical issue at this point. It's just like, what do, what do I think sounds good? Like, I just recorded a song at uh, Amplified Wax. And everybody I played it for is like, I didn't know you played jazz. And I'm like, I didn't think it was jazz but okay <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that's, that's great
0: maybe this is a good time to talk about your multiple projects mm-hmm. and the different ways that you spend your time with music here in the area
1: music in the daytime is generally teaching where i guitar bass banjo ukulele and then i work on songs i uh, play in who uh, do you do and that's probably the easiest one for me because I've been playing that stuff the longest. I play in a band called New Jack City, which is pretty popular in the area. It's like a Motown, R&B. Mm-hmm. I play uh, in the Rhythm Dogs. That is like a corporate band, like top 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play with Christy Lee and Luke Yates Country at Idaho. And then um, I always tell people just like, I like challenges if you want to just call me last minute, you know, th- th- if there's a disaster, like uh, in the summer I did a gig with a guy named Dakota Borman. He had a whole original album that he wanted to play on uh, Saturday and he called me on Thursday. <laughs> so like, is an unreasonable challenge, probably, but I was like, let's do it. You know, it sounds like fun to me. And uh, yeah.
0: That sounds like somebody loves music. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Since you spend so much time as a music teacher here in town, could you share some of the advice that you have for young students about how to keep their heart in the practice?
1: Well, I always try to, like, early, right off the bat, I want to know what kind of music they're into and then because the fundamentals apply to everything and you know if a kid isn't into blues and he wants to learn punk music I'm not going to make him learn blues. I always find something that applies to what he is interested in. Everyone will probably play a scale at some point in a song that you like you know or play a solo or I have students who are the other way, who love metal guitar, and then they're like, why do I need to do this? And then I finally track down an Iron Maiden song where they play these chords and I'm like, ha I told you. (laughs) Um, But it's just keeping them interested. And I always tell everybody, it's a series of plateaus and you kind of live with your plateaus. And I only see your plateau once a week. You know, most people only come in once a week. And so I see you go like this. Like, you see yourself going like this. I mean, at the same, like, five weeks out, you're at the same place. Like, I'm seeing you at the same place, but I get to see it stepwise where you have slowly, slowly crawled on your hands and knees, you feel like, to be at this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's got limitations too. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't the most musical. Some people, the tough ones, to me, are the ones where it comes very easy to them. You want to keep them Mm -hmm. challenged. But if some kids, it comes so easy that they don't, then they're happy with where they are immediately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, wouldn't you want to, like, to do this? And they're like, no. i like, I sound great right now. I'm like, oh. Okay, and then you have to find something new to, uh, inspire them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Well, maybe you should listen to this, you should listen to this, what about this guy, what about this guy?
0: So helping them expand their range to hope, mm-hmm. keep themselves challenged. Yeah. And that's where practice comes from?
1: Um, if I can find something that they're into, yeah. they will practice, generally. At some point we have to have a conversation where, you know, not everything that you do is going to be fun. On guitar, sure. I mean, it's fun to play music, but no one likes no one likes practicing scales. But if someone wants to play, I'm like, well, you know, they come in and they want to learn solos, and I'm like, that's that's a scale, dude. Like, have you been practicing scales this whole time? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay. Well, then we're back to.
0: What's it like being, because with Who Do You Do, you're Mm -hmm. also in it with your wife, Mm -hmm. uh, Patrice Rose. Yep. What's it like working kind of within the family, and how does that change the dynamic in a band?
1: For us, personally, um, we're pretty simpatico musically. Like, probably like 3% of the music I've ever played for her, she was like, don't ever play that again. (laughs) You know, it's like there's so much overlap in what we like, that uh, musically, like we never butt heads. It's never like, we're gonna do this. And she's like, no, we're not gonna do that.
0: Is that what most band fights are about?
1: What song? <laughs> what Who wants to do what? Who
0: wants to do what? what Who likes the sound of certain things?
1: Who do you do is like a family type band? And we haven't had an argument like that ever, maybe. I think everybody, since everybody's known each other so long, it's like, let's well okay? Let's try your idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the one song um, that we did on the video, Sun Keep Shining," that was an idea that Brian had. And then he asked me to flesh it out some. Like he had the first group of chords and he had the idea. Don't you idea.
0: know that everyone
1: But, yeah, it was, it's collaborative a lot of the times.
0: Well, I was wondering, as someone who's played with so many bands, too, mm-hmm. there's a different dynamic with kind of every group, and wondering, you know, where do you find your place in these bands that you play with?
1: Um, I don't take anything personally, and I give my opinion when it's asked for. And, you know, it's, if someone's in charge of their project— it's their project. I I don't have any uh, qualms about that. When someone brings me in, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the Ben Rose show. It's <laughs> the Christie Lee show. It's the New Jack City show. You know, and if they want my opinion on something, I will certainly give it. But I'm not. I'm not power tripping. You know, it's not my way or the highway. Because it's kind of you kind of you kind of can't in Spokane. There's not enough people <laughs> to play with. First of all. But I'm a, I always thought being a hired gun was super cool in school, you know, where you just show up, you do your work. It's like the old cartoon with the dog and the coyote, the Warner Brothers one, where you punch your clock, and then you go do your thing, and you punch your clock at the end of the day.
0: You're paid for that section. Right. And then you get to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not your job anymore.
1: No, I'm not, I don't try to take like, any of that stuff home with me.
0: I'd like to circle back and kind of talk about when you first started playing and started writing. Mm-hmm. What got you over the hump into performing with your guitar? Can you tell me about some of those first experiences of taking the stage with your music for the first time?
1: Um, playing original music. The first time that you play original songs, it's very difficult when people don't pay attention. I'd say that's the thing I remember the most about it. You know, because maybe your songs aren't very good. And a lot of it is when you play, you start playing, you think everyone, you are the center of the focus of everyone in that room right there. And you know, generally people don't start playing big concerts where they're coming to see you specifically. You're playing in coffee houses or bars. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's a little disheartening where you're like, you worked hard on the song and then nobody claps because they're not paying attention or,
0: they're busy talking They're bi- over you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Raising their voices to make so sure they be- could be heard over you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How did you get over that feeling? Like, what steps did you take to make you feel like you still wanted to do this?
1: Once you kind of realize that not everything is... I mean, there's important shows that I get nervous for. But, you know, if I flubbed a couple notes at the coffee house where people are trying to talk louder than me. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and the more that you do it, the more you realize it's music and it's fun. And no one is going to die because you went like this instead of like this.
0: How did you decide to get over the fears, not just the stage fright, but also performing your own music and, like, realizing to do it anyways, despite people not listening, despite not really... It being that dream experience.
1: I got a lot more confidence because I think that the songs started getting a lot better. To well, they were a lot better to me anyways. And, you know, it's easy to be confident when you think something is going to go well. You know, it's like if you already go out there and I'm going to make a mistake and or nobody's going to like it, well, then people can tell that you're anxious. And they're probably not going to like it as much as they would like it. You know, if you looked like you liked what you were doing Mm -hmm. or you played it confidently.
0: So mind tricks is what you're saying. Mm -hmm.
1: It's pretty much all mind tricks.
0: (laughs) So you've gone through a lot of changes when it comes to your musical career and you've been able to puzzle together a life that works for you as a professional musician. Could you tell me a little bit about how that works for you?
1: Uh, it's challenging for sure. Some months are incredible. You know, you make two to three times what you normally make in a month because mm-hmm. you're so busy playing music all the time and teaching. And then December, you make 75% of what you usually make because no one's playing outside anymore because it's minus six degrees. And Yeah. So it's... Uh, that part of it is extremely challenging, like the hustle part, which I've never been very good at the hustle part where, you know, I should play for you or, you know,
0: mm-hmm. getting
1: yourself out there because I'm naturally more of an introvert, I
0: think. I mean, I'm interested to talk about um, what it's like being a performer as an introvert.
1: Uh, that is extremely difficult. Like, I'm better than I used to be, but it used to be standing perfectly still because you're terrified of you know looking bad sounding bad you're not comfortable that people are looking at you period (laughs) but you know it's kind of the it's the price you had to pay to do it I'd like to say that I'm totally over being self-conscious and stuff but no I tend to move around a lot more when I play bass which people have pointed out, they're like, you look like you're having a lot more fun. Where a guitar is just kind of like, I don't want to say I put pressure on myself, but it's like, this is my thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to do it. And that was part of the not moving around for a while. It was like, I don't want you in my space. Like, this is, I'm doing this for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not doing it for you. your audience was a byproduct. And I was like, oh, that's not a, I'm not that good to, to, like, be able to live like that, you know.
0: I mean, that's an interesting concept to talk about that even as a performing musician, as a performance, um, that you're still there for you mm-hmm. and the audience is take it or leave it.
1: So I, I, when I play, I'm there for me first in the way that if I can get myself excited about what I'm doing, everybody else will probably be excited about what I'm doing. I think it's probably a better way to say it. I would agree. Yeah. We're, you know, not to say that it's all for my self gratification, but you kind of got to like what you the way it sounds when you're doing it. And I've, I tend to focus on, do I sound good right now? Like, could I be sounding better? And then, you know, let the rest of it kind of fall into place from there.
0: So when it comes to when you're focusing on your music and you're writing your music, um, what really is at the heart of what you're trying to express? Is there something specific that you end up going to inside when you're writing music?
1: Early stuff was excuses for me to solo over. And I think that's a pretty, like, generally people who start playing lead guitar, that's kind of the... uh, I don't want to say the main goal for a lot of people, but it's kind of like, hey, hey, look at me. You know, I didn't I didn't practice as much to not play all these notes. <laughs> but, you know, as I age, and I notice, like, a lot of the guys that I listen to a lot, they kind of start slowing down. And, then, you know, they care about more what they're kind of saying with the instrument as opposed to just flash technique for technique's sake. Mm-hmm. And so, like, nowadays... Uh, I'm more about the melody and like how what are the good chords that sound good with this melody that you think is already, so you know, rather than I can't wait for the solo section to, you know so I can show everybody what I've been working on, you know I'm not not so important mm-hmm. right now.
0: has there been a recent musical discovery for you that's opened up any new doors? a new band you discovered or a new style or a new technique that excites you?
1: Um, mostly just doing my own stuff, not in like the context of like a band, like who do you do is a super cool band, but it's like, it's blues rock. Mm -hmm. And so like every song that we did there kind of was blues rock. I don't want to like our original band was, uh, in that I was in with Brian 20 years ago. It was, here's a funk song followed by a blues song followed by like a reggae song. You know, at the heart of it, like the hodgepodge of everything I used to hear in my room that was playing in the next room when I was growing up. You know, on the, on the way here, the iPod played uh, Jessica Simpson followed by Free Jazz, followed by uh, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden. So I, I listened to everything.
0: So you're pretty wide
1: open. I'm pretty wide open, and I always tell like students who want to do like what I do, where you play all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, the pop stuff is not the most exciting for teenage boys. I would say, or, you know, or country, or it's like you need to find something that you like about this, or you're going to be miserable for three hours. I'm mm-hmm. like, there's sometimes that's their that's their lesson. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's their homework. I'm like listen and tell me something that you like about this the next day. Because, I mean, it's not like country and blues and metal and pop use different scales all the time. I mean, it's pretty much the same chord progressions and the same harmonic language until you get into, like, jazz, like jazz jazz, where harmony's not functional anymore. And some of it, sometimes it's just I like the way that these chords sound together. You know, there's no theoretical explanation for it. But, uh, yeah, the more you can find in common with something, better you're going to have a time of when you have to go play all the time.
0: How has it been for you as a professional musician here in town in this scene? Do you feel it's a supportive scene?
1: Yes, in some things, and no for some things. To give, like, my perfect example is. So many country bands come to the arena and do so well. And Spokane doesn't have, like, a live, like, a, any place to go see live country music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, At it's least like. It's not dedicated. No, it's like uh, the only place now is Nashville North, which is a state line, which is a great place. You know, it's a huge place. But Spokane seems to be, like, a, it's still it's kind of like a really big, small town it seems kind of almost like big city stuff to go to a bar Mm -hmm. like that. Or, you know, the friction of distance sometimes really gets people where like I don't think it's that big of a deal to come to the South Hill because I used to live in LA and, you know, and like people in the Valley are like, I can't go to the South Hill. You know, it's so far. (laughs) I'm like, it's going to take you like 20 minutes, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know? So yeah, that kind of like this, we're still a little bit of a small town mentality, I think,
0: I think I agree with that small town mentality. Mm. We still think of it that way. Yeah. We are jam packed in this area with really talented musicians. Um, And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, especially when it comes to our geography and kind of where we are and being that um, bigger city with a small town mentality, that kind of thing. But why do you think so many musicians do settle here to make a life here as a musician?
1: Um, it's the cost of living is lower for sure, and uh, Spokane was kind of had the rep of being a place that people move from a lot, you know, and it's, people still go to Portland and Seattle, but uh, the current young people seem to be a lot happier, kind of making trying to make a Spokane scene.
0: What keeps you here?
1: I can do what I like to do and get by you know as opposed to like LA is the cost of living so high or even like Portland you know the cost of living is pretty high I know people who went there who were like full-time musicians now and you know they've got got to have at least a side hustle to get to get by
0: well can we kind of come back full circle before we go and I want to ask about um, what did your family think and did they have advice for you when you told them kind of soon after high school and college that you wanted to be a professional musician and you were going to really make a go of it?
1: I can't remember advice. There was, they were super supportive, though.
0: Yeah?
1: Like the whole time that I said, I think this is my thing. And they're like, OK, it's your thing. And I, I'm assuming probably because they were so into music, too, that, that they thought it was great, you know?
0: Well, is there anything that you would like to talk about today, Ben?
1: I'm not known for being uh, particularly verbose in the community. Let's 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 put it like that. This is be probably the most that some of my uh, contemporaries have ever heard me talk. That weren't paying me, you know, to give them lessons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you bringing your guitar, your time, and your effort. And maybe you'd even play us out. Sure. just spent all this time with Ben Rose from Who Do You Do from Spokane, Washington. You have been listening to a KSPS production recorded in Spokane, Washington. For more information about Inland Sessions, to watch back episodes, or if you'd like to learn how your support of KSPS, PBS, and public television turns into more great programming that explores local arts and culture while promoting civic health and lifelong learning, please visit ksps.org. Thank you.